0: Hey, did you hear about uh those two guys? They got that podcast uh Juice Sample and Clever Wes. Yeah, them them fat fucks from Ohio. Yeah, they're they're pretty fat. Uh What's the name of their podcast again? I think it's like the mo- mo- uh, mo- uh, motherfucking sample hour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: This is one of your hosts at Drew Sample. Anyways, guys, just want to give you a fair warning on this podcast. Uh, for some reason I always seem to have sky problems whenever I interview Gina Tron, which is just really bad luck. Um something something went up, and for some reason it wasn't reading my Zoom. Like I could hear people talking to me through the Zoom um through my headphones that I had on. And I could hear my voice through the microphone, but for some reason, my microphone was not communicating with the with the computer. So for some reason, my my uh, <laughs> the sound on this one sounds all out of whack. You might have noticed it also on the the podcast with uh, Dog and and the Don Baker, uh, previous episode. Um, but anyways, guys, follow at Gina Tron on Twitter. It is at Gina underscore or it's at underscore Gina Tron. Also, like her on Facebook. Just go just log into Facebook and search for her pages. Um you, you can you can friend request her and you can also just like her page, which is which helps her out with um her journalism. Um like the at the sample hour, go to www.facebook.com forward slash the sample hour. Follow me on Twitter 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 on the Twitter uh at Drew Sample. Follow The Sample Hour on Twitter at The Sample Hour. Follow at Clever West. Follow at Ray Taylor because we are brought to you by the Inspired Disorder Collective. So also follow at IDC underscore updates. If you could also join the Inspired Disorder Collective, it is www.inspireddisordercollective.com. And like and become a part of our podcast group, but also check out all the other great podcasts that are also sponsored by the Inspired Disorder Collective. Thank you guys so much and enjoy this podcast.
0: and gentlemen to another episode of the Sample Hour.
1: This is at Drew Sample. We are a member of the Inspired Disorder Collective. Go to www.inspireddisordercollective.com and join the Sample
0: Hour. Join our group at, at this, on there. It's the Sample Hour. Also, while you're at it, go ahead and follow at IDC underscore updates and follow at Ray Taylor. My very special guest today is Miss Gina Tron. It is at underscore Gina Tron, one of the coolest people I know on the internet, just like I said, if you don't if you didn't listen to our first episode, it was a favorite, it was, um, I was a suspected high school shooter, and we talked about Gina's fun adventures of high school, of being accused of being a potential high school shooter, but now we're going to talk about some other cool areas of Gina's life, so, how are you doing today, Gina?
2: I'm doing well, how are you?
0: I'm doing well, just got out of, uh... Drunk camp today, so it's been, uh, been kind of a weird reflective process this past weekend.
2: How but was the food really cool. there?
0: The food was actually really good because it was hotel food. It it kind of like, you could kind of tell they stopped trying today because it was grilled hot, it was hot ham and cheese sandwiches. It was like grilled ham and cheese with pretzels.
2: Oh, yeah? Ooh. Oh, yeah. When I was in rehab, we just had two slices of bread with meat inside.
0: That's it? What was it, like, bologna?
2: Uh, I think so. Yeah, bologna. And there was, like, no, when? There's no there's no mustard or mayo in my rehab sandwich.
0: So, but, uh, so why were you in rehab?
2: Um, well, actually, I just started writing about that. Um, not just started. I'm finishing up a book in which I talk about going to rehab. I went to rehab twice. Um, The second one was more of, like, a psych ward, and um, basically it was for coke, but there was a lot of other things going on at the time, and, um, yeah, I kind of, like, in a way, loved loved the first one I went to, because it had so much structure, even though at the same time it was, like, jail, essentially.
0: Yeah. So, all right, so, like, let's go back. So, the last time everybody heard, you... Well, on my, on in the world of the sample art podcast, you had just gotten out, so you got out of uh, high school, you went to college, so, like, in what time frame, like, when did you start using Coke?
2: Oh, that was, like, uh, well, there it was 2009 that I started, like, kind of partying, I guess, a little bit too much, and then the, when I'm, the situations that I'm writing about in this novel or book is, uh. Um, mostly takes place in 2010, um, towards the end of 2010, and that's kind of in November and December is when I was in a couple places.
0: So that's pretty recent. So. Uh,
2: yeah, definitely. But I think you know after after kind of like recovering from that, and it wasn't even like most so much addiction, as more as like I just kind of lost my shit. Like after you know after that, I just kind of ch- channeled everything back into creative stuff, which I think is why I work so yeah. much. I don't know. but I mean, everyone kind of goes through those situations. So I feel like if I write about it, you know, I feel like I have a good. Yeah. And like, for sure. Like, I think I can write about it in, in a way that's like people can relate to. And I'm not taking it too. Like, I take it very seriously, but there's a lot of dark humor because I think to approach like subjects like that, you need to use a little bit of humor so people can actually approach dark topics. And, um, I don't know, I also feel like it's kind of an expose on the modern state of, like, like mental health, for example, because the place that I was at, the second one was, like, terrible. Like, it was, like, the 1960s.
1: The sanatoriums? The what? Sanatoriums that they used to put alcoholics in? And stuff like it, that.
2: Well, the second one was kind of a psych ward. Um, it was, like, a half psych ward, half rehab, and it was, like, it was it was terrible.
1: So... Um,
0: like, so what do you think led you down that path? Like, was it work? Was it being at parties and being around cocaine? Or was it just dealing with a bunch of shit that you never properly dealt with?
2: Uh, all of it, I guess.
0: <laughs> like, I know, like, for me, like, every anybody who listens that's not a Genitron fan knows that, like, I got a DUI, and a lot of that had to do with me. Like, I lost, like, six friends, the year before, and I just actually drank and partied a lot, I didn't, and I just always got away with driving, and then eventually, I just kind of got sloppy, I got a public urination, ended up losing my job, um, in between, because I, like, losing a job that I could have had, just because I didn't say that I had public urination, I think for me, it was just, like, coping mechanisms, and everything else like that.
2: Oh, for sure, yeah, definitely, that was a big part of it, and, like, once you, I don't know, once you, like, open up, like, open yourself up to to behaving a certain way, like, you really can't, it becomes easier and easier, and you get sloppier and sloppier, and, you know, by the end of, like, when I was heavily partying, like, every time I'd leave my house, I would lose, like, everything I left the house with, like, my keys, my ID, jackets, and just, you know, you yeah. out and do crazy shit, and next thing you know, you're uh, getting arrested for public urination. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 regular, the regular downward spiral of.
0: Did you get arrested for public urination too?
2: No, I never did.
0: Oh, okay. Well, it's, so-
2: harder to, it's harder to pee in public as a girl. It really sucks.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's easy for a guy, you just whip it out and go. For a girl, you have to find like, a nice place to squat. And-
2: yeah, it's like a whole procedure. Unless you're wearing a skirt, it's like. <laughs> it's, a, it's a horrible, horrible. I
0: without, that- without underwear. A skirt without underwear. We should probably preface that.
2: Yeah. Or or, or uh oh, and then there's gonna be a problem. <laughs> <If>
3: not, <laughs>
2: um and then uh 420 was yesterday. Did you do anything to celebrate that national holiday, that magical holiday? I
0: wouldn't have I would have celebrated if
2: Oh yeah, you couldn't because you weren't Yeah, York. well
0: actually I, I stopped smoking uh, a few months ago because I've been looking for a new job. So I really haven't partaken, even though I, I could have, like, I mean, it's, I don't have anything against it. Like, I'm very much so like a, uh, internet activist, I guess, or I try to promote the cause as best as I can, but, uh, no, yeah, I didn't, I didn't do, I didn't smoke at all. Unfortunately, my buddy did have a, like a, a, a holiday themed wedding and
2: a 420 themed wedding.
0: Yeah. I missed it. So I was in, I was in rehab or driver intervention program where they were continually feeding me massive amounts of bullshit about everything. have
2: like AA meetings and stuff there?
0: No. Well, did you, have you ever watched Penn & Teller Bullshit? mm So they did this one episode. Well, basically Penn & Teller are these huge libertarians, and they call bullshit on a lot of stuff. Some of the stuff they call bullshit on isn't, like, very – I don't know. Sometimes it, they're just kind of uh, reaching – You mean,
2: like, grasping at straws, like, finding –
0: yeah, yeah, Like sometimes I think they did that. Um, it was on Showtime. It was a good show, though. So that's episode they did on AA was really good, and it, it's very AA-themed, and I have a lot of issues with that just because the this, this state should never mandate you to a therapy that is – it's not even therapy – to a program that's based around your belief in God, which, mm. which to me is, like, super unconstitutional, just based on the separation of church and state. Are you
2: talking about like AA? Yeah. I, I don't yeah.
0: think, it, and there's no scientific evidence that has ever proven that it's, it's, it's worked on its own in massive numbers. I think it's, it's like 13% without, uh, without partnered with uh, um, behavioral therapy mm-hmm. that gives you coping mechanisms. Like I looked it up because I was just tired of bullshit. And then they also said that like, DUI penalties in El Salvador um, is death by firing squad. And then I Ooh. was like...
2: Well, it's a good thing we don't live in El Salvador.
0: Well, that's what they try to say, and then you actually look up El Salvador's law, and it's like, no, that's that's not the case at all.
2: Oh, really? It's probably just a slap on the wrist.
0: Yeah, it's just like ours. I mean, it's, it's just like ours. Canada, it's a felony. So if you get a DUI in the States, you're not allowed to go into Canada for 10 years.
2: Yeah, yeah, I have a lot of friends that... Um, you know, because I lived in Montreal for like six years. So, sure. yeah, I went to um, college there, to university there. And it's a great city. It's like so fun, but the winters blow. Um, But, uh, yeah, like a lot of my friends that got maybe like DUIs in Vermont and stuff, they couldn't really come visit me because they weren't legally allowed to. Yeah. Well, like, luckily I got it. I
0: got it. Well, I didn't, I didn't take the breathalyzer and mm-hmm. I got it seated down to a. Uh, Physical control, which I can still go to Canada with and everything. But anyways, Gina, people don't want to hear about me. They want to hear about you. <laughs> where did you go? To, where did you go to Montreal? Like, so was that for your undergrad?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, just for undergrad. I, I only got my uh, bachelor's degree, so yeah, that was my undergrad. I went to school for film production. Oh, that's awesome. Minored in ugh, partying. Um, no, <laughs> right, it's 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 wonderful. It's a wonderful city, it's like, um, you know, it's really condensed, so there's like a lot of great food, and art, and culture, and nightlife, it's like a lot like New York City, actually.
0: Yeah, they have a really big uh, rave scene there, don't they?
2: They do, yeah, like when I first moved up there, I was like, I was still technically like 17 for like the first month, so I was pretty young, and um, they had a great, it's just a great underground rave scene, which... I, like, I went wild, like, going from, like, you know, going into a place where you could legally drink at 18,
3: yeah.
2: and being, like, on your own in, like, a big city was, like, really overwhelming, and, uh, yeah, they had a lot of, like, raves that were, that would take place in, like, abandoned churches and stuff, and it was really fun, it was a lot of, a lot of good times.
0: Did you, so they had a lot of ecstasy there?
2: Um.
0: No comment
2: um, I don't know if I would say it was good, but there was a lot of ecstasy there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like what uh So do you? Th- that's kind of crazy that your parents let you go to school like when you were 17 all the way in Montreal. Do you think? Like, do you ever think that was because of like everything that went on in high school?
2: Oh no, well it wasn't like that big of a deal because um where I lived was only like an hour and a half away from Montreal, so it was actually like one of the closest colleges.
0: Interesting. That's right. Yeah, nice. So
2: it wasn't like I would like they flew me to France or something. Like it was, uh, it was pretty close. And I went home like you know every other weekend or so. Um, and they came up to visit often, so it really wasn't that big of a deal. Like like um, um, in terms of like miles like away from home, just I think in culture, I guess.
0: No, that makes sense. For some reason, I was. Well, I'm like any normal American. I have no idea where. I only know where like. Toronto is because it's close to me. I don't. Yeah, really...
2: it's pretty close. Do you ever go up there?
0: Or... No, my friend Joe, um, Joe Rantan, he uh, he's like he books all these comedy shows for the underground comedy. And, uh Ooh. Yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. I need to head up there. I just I just haven't had money recently, just because of the job situation. But I did just get a new job, so I should be able to finish school and work two part-time gigs, but. I don't know, Gina. i got to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. Maybe I'll move to New York or something. <laughs> there are all these cool people oh. in New York. I wish me like you and uh, – I don't know. I have a lot of friends that live in New York.
2: It's kind of – Yeah, of... you just come visit New York. We'll hang out. That sounds good. That sounds um, good. Yeah, like I think everyone feels like they need to figure things out. I feel like I need to figure my life out. Like I don't know. But you never – nobody's ever Nobody's ever content with what they've done or else – or sometimes I guess some people are. And then they're yeah. not. They're not really trying, so they're not usually, I don't know. Sometimes I'd rather just be happy and, like, not be striving for stuff in a way. Do you ever feel that way? Uh,
0: Like, like I wish I was a simpleton, in a sense.
2: Kind of, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I I don't know. Like, I honestly, yes and no. I Yeah, I was. Because when I was working, when I was still on phones at Verizon, I just felt, like, I was so focused on money, and it's not, like, that I don't like money, but I just, like, I didn't have a passion to do anything. I think, I think what I really just want is cr- be able to, like,
2: have create. a comfortable
0: living and have creative control.
2: Yeah, that's how I am, too. Like, I definitely would like, I mean, money's nice, but I don't really strive to make big bucks, especially, in like, writing and art world. I probably won't, but as long as I'm comfortable and can survive and get to do what I want, I'm happy.
0: Based on your Facebook photos, it looks like you have a pretty fun life.
2: Yeah, no, it's great. No, life is great. I cannot complain. I'm very happy now and surrounded with a lot of cool, uh, good people, good friends, and just so much going on. Like, like we're actually having um, an art show in our house for Bushwick Open Studios. We live in Bushwick in Brooklyn, and that's going to be, I think, in May or something. So we're going to have a bunch of our friends, like, collaborate and, like, put paintings up on the wall and do some like video uh, projected stuff and have DJs out in our backyard.
0: That's pretty awesome.
2: So it's, yeah, it's fun. And um, yeah, it's been working on like a lot of fun projects lately, like interviewing people that met on the internet for, for one assignment and then um, wrapping up issue for Lady Gun. Uh, I got to write about Riff Raff and a um, bunch of other fun artists. And uh, yeah, I'm, really happy. I'm really lucky. I have to remind myself every now and then when I'm like stressed out or whatever. I'm like, I'm very lucky because even a few years ago, I wasn't really like exposed to so much fun stuff. So.
0: No, that's pretty cool. It's like for me, like when I start surrounding myself with cool people and like just good friends, it's like amazing, like how much my life has changed.
2: No, totally. That's really what it is. If you surround yourself with people that are like negative or are not happy themselves not that people will have to be like fake happy but you know the kind of unhappy that could be damaging to you yeah like when you surround yourself with like people that are I guess for better word for lack of a better word like um uh I don't know you know that kind of person like if you with <laughs> like, like that like it will damage you and bring you down and like you won't meet your full potential and also you're just not having fun it's like everything's a struggle because you're surrounded by assholes, and uh, not that you should be hanging out with people that are just, like, enabling or complimenting you, but, like, you know, people that care enough to tell you what your actual flaws are, but because they want you to improve.
0: It's yeah, true. somebody like, that you know is on your side, like somebody who...
2: Has your back, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like an equal exchange. Like, I have a friend who, like, it, I had to, like, cut ties with him just because it was, like... I don't know. I kind of felt like I was being treated like a therapist. And I was oh, just like... Oh, that's
2: the worst if they, don't, if they don't give back. Like, I don't mind listening, but it's like if you...
0: Yeah. You
2: know, or girl, they, life is over. Yeah. They're like that every fucking day.
0: Yeah, or they're like... Or like, I'd be in the middle of doing something, and they would just like show up. And I'm like, this isn't working. Like, this isn't... This it isn't even exchange friendship. Like, it's not... And it was a hard decision to make because, like, I really love this person. Like, I really, like, I've known this person for a long time. And I – but they're just going through a hard time. And it just got to the point where it's like, yeah, I can't – you can't drag me down with you.
2: Yeah, I mean, you can still love somebody, but sometimes you have to, like, realize that they're not good for you. And, like, you can still love them and be there for them, but not at – but not when it compromises your own health or mental health. Agreed. Okay. Yeah, some people, though, like, they'll, like, you just have to know, like, you can give and give, but it's like giving to a bottomless pit, like, if if it doesn't actually help, or if they're not taking your advice, and it's just like, like, Groundhog Day every day, like, they're going, like, you're not actually helping them, and they're gonna try to take that from anybody that they can, it's like, and they'll never, until they change, like, it's like a pointless, like, you're not actually helping them, and you're hurting yourself, so... It sucks, because, like, I'm so generous, too, so I, like, you know, I've had to make that decision with some people. I'm like, you know, this one, this person is, you know, they're not there for me, and I'm helping them, so I still love them, and we can still hang out, but arm's length, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's always got to be in your terms. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I feel the same way. I'm also a very generous person, and I, it's kind of one of those things that, um... I kind of – it's, like, something you debate that, you know, people try to point out. Like, sometimes you feel like uh, it's a weakness at first that, to be really generous, and then you realize that, no, it's, it's really not a weakness to have a big heart. You
2: just, It's not. I think, you know, you know weak people think that being nice is weak. Like, I think it's a strength to, like, be nice, but it's, it is annoying to – I mean, like, because if you're nice or you have compassion, like, you know, that's a strength to, like, see – the good in people, but a lot of people will try to, will mistake it for weakness and then combating those people is like a lot of energy. So you you have to see like that, I guess, or I've noticed that a lot of people that, that feel that way, that it's weak to be nice. Like they're the most unhappy people really. So in a way they're the weaker ones because they spend their life trying to like fuck people over or use people or you know, intimidate or kind of control. So I, I notice that sometimes I, I, you know, I meet someone and they they get this idea that I'm like, this like a doormat or something. And then they find out later, I'm like, no, I just pick my battles. I'm not going to fight over every stupid petty thing. And, you know, it's good to, it's good to be there for people. I don't think it's like a weak thing. If you're, if you're actually helping people, like, uh, you know, it's great to, I don't feel like it's a waste of time because feel better if you're helping someone else too.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. It's uh, it's helping people is a good way to like make it a positive in your own emotional bank account in a way. It's totally. uh, it's
2: karmic bank account. <laughs> yeah, like I well like this
0: <laughs> like this weekend was was I like I had, I had the fortune of not working for all right so i did i did something that was by many people's standards especially in the midwest which was like a crazy idea so when i wasn't when i lost my job or when i basically was out of a job i cashed out my 401k because i was like you know i'm just gonna live off this and i'm gonna go finish my bachelor's degree Mm -hmm. and i'll just find a couple part-time jobs or maybe i'll get unemployment or something i didn't know So, but in the meantime, like I knew that I had like a lot of work to do on myself. Like I was so miserable and unhappy by the time I left where I was originally working, and but I had time to do like a lot of personal inventory. Like I had time to like reevaluate my life and everything else like that. Then I went to Morocco for a week and uh, went to my.
2: Cool. How was that?
0: Morocco is awesome if you are there with a Moroccan. Like if you're not there with a Moroccan. It's not really that awesome because people only speak French and Arabic. Now, if you can speak French, you'll be fine. But still, it's cooler to be there. Like, whenever I travel to another country, I actually like to – I don't really particularly care for, like, the whole hotel scene. Like, I'd rather – Oh,
2: yeah, it's bullshit. It's, like, too touristy.
0: Yeah, I'd rather – Like, when I went to Prague, it was cool. I stayed in this cool hostel called Miss Sophie's, and it was it was like an apartment.
2: I'm and so jealous. I wanna, always wanted to go to Prague.
0: We'll make it happen, Gina. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, you and I will will travel to Prague and get crazy. Um Prague's, Prague's really fun. It's it's they're not on the Euro. So it's so like a you get like fifteen crowns to the dollar there. Oh
2: really?
0: Yes, everything's pretty inexpensive. And the food can get kind of pricey, but it's it's not like super cheap, but it's still it's still cheaper than here, cheaper than like England or France or somewhere like that.
2: Yeah. Oh but, you're Europe, um, Europe hostels are great. Like, um, I went to Europe only once, but to Spain, Portugal, and Amsterdam, and we just stayed in hostels. It's like Wait. so fucking cheap, and the food is great, and the people are nice, and like the the rooms are like better than a hotel room.
0: Was that when you uh, had your acid love story? In case uh, need-
2: that was the, conc- the the beautiful romantic conclusion. Yeah, my ex, he's had like a seizure in um, Amsterdam. And then, um, you know, we, we broke up. We were uh, staying on a houseboat was the, what the hostel was it was like a little houseboat, and it was so cheap. I forget how much it was, like 10 euros a night or something. That's Maybe sweet. I'm wrong. but That's it was it was sweet. great. It was um yeah, it was an awkward. I'm still friends with that guy actually. He came and uh, stayed at my house when he was in town for like a day or so. and we ended up it's funny because like I hadn't seen him in years, and like, you know at first. We were, like, a little, like, really, like, polite to each other. But by the end of the time that we, like, were hanging out, we, like, degraded. We like, <laughs> we, like, went back to, like, how we were fighting years before. It's just crazy how, like, you could not see someone in, like, however many years. And it always goes back to that same dynamics. It's, it's kind of frustrating almost, but it's funny.
0: Yeah, it's – relationships are a funky thing. Um, like, I think uh, – like, I, I had this serious girlfriend, like, back when I was, like, 19, and I thought I was going to mm-hmm. marry her and all this shit, and uh, then we ended up, we ended up, like, she ended up going to England for a year, and we ended up breaking up, and then she came back, and shit was just weird,
2: and... The residual, like, <laughs> end of the relationship, to cracking up. Yeah, like I, I, didn't really, I didn't really help. Like I
0: was kind of creepy in this situation. i well,
2: if you're like 19,
0: 20, whatever. Yeah, I think I was actually 21, and then like she was back for a year, and I was like, I I didn't really start drinking until I was 21. So then I started like, I was I was at this uh this girl's birthday party, and I'd drinking way too much whiskey, and I blacked out for my first time and I woke up, and I was like, oh, fuck, I called her, like, a bunch of times, <laughs> so I'm sure that really helped out my situation, and then, uh, and then we ended up, then, she doesn't even, she's not even, like, my friend on Facebook anymore, she blocked me on Facebook.
2: Oh, wow, so it's yeah, and she, it's over, over.
0: <laughs> yeah, she got married to uh, this dude she met in England and everything, but, it was, I don't know, I learned a lot from that experience, like, I, especially now, like, that I'm older, and I've had time to, uh to reflect yeah. on stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's um it's pretty good, but um what was I gonna say? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I think it's it's interesting to like what you said, like the dynamic. Like because it's it's kind of the way you have to look at a relationship is it's two people make one person. Yeah. And that person just isn't a very happy person sometimes. Yeah, sometimes
2: that person is deformed. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it functions okay. Other times it's like missing a leg. It's, yeah, I, you know, I look back at, like, I'm pretty much friends with all my exes, let me think. Yeah, I think I'm pretty much friends with all of them. I'm definitely on friendly terms, if not friends. And, um, you know, I look back at, like, a lot of the relationships, and, like, it took years sometimes for me to realize, like, where, where I was wrong. Even though, like, you know, let's say one of them cheated or something, like, even though they were wrong, like, I look back and I was like, I was wrong about that, though, instead of, like doing what I initially did, which was, like, demonizing them. Because it's never, like, I mean, well, there are exceptions, but usually usually it's not like one person's just bad and the other is, like, an innocent baby. Yeah,
0: it's just easier to not take responsibility, too. It's easier to... It's hard to take personal inventory, and it's hard to admit when you're wrong, or to where it's like, wow, well, I, I was kind of acting like a lunatic. Um,
3: yeah.
0: But after reading your article about your your acid romance, I thought you were totally in the right. Oh,
2: yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. I
0: mean, Like here's the thing, like, like out of all seriousness, like you can't start a relationship on this crazy substance like acid and not expect it to be crazy. Yeah, exactly. Unpredictable. Like it, it like I was listening to, uh, back in the day, you know, when I was really into self-help things I was listening to this David Fjord, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how instead of going on a fancy honeymoon, um, when you get married, you should go on like some like painful, strenuous thing. Like he said he went on this like this bike trip with his wife and it was so fucking intense and they had a camp and they were just miserable the whole time, but it was like this rewarding thing at the same time. And it was like the it, – it, because if you go on this – if you go on, like, this fantasy honeymoon, you start off with, like, your marriage that it's in a fantasy and it's not, like, a reality thing. And I kind of get what he's saying. I don't
3: completely Yeah.
0: Consent. But, like, right. it makes sense. Like, you know, when you're doing something that, like, hey, let's go hike the, the Appalachian Trail. And then you're going to go hike, have to pack food, you have to get in a tent you have to poop in the woods and do all these uncomfortable things. So then once you get through this like uncomfort together, I feel like it kind of would bridge your, your relationship and make you stronger.
2: No, totally. Yeah. And if you can get along with somebody after that, I get along forever. Yep. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like people do like, they they like glamorize or fantasize like marriage so much. It's like, you know, and you know, it's not going to be, yeah. you know, it's not going to be easy. Yeah, like, so what's it like,
0: to, okay, so being in the Midwest, living in Ohio my whole life, I know the normal thing, like, most people my age are married, I feel like.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of my friends are married, they have kids, and I think a lot of that has to do with, like, that's a very Midwest thing to do, is get married and have kids in your 20s. Yeah. Um, it's not really like that in New York, though, is it?
2: Oh, no, like, most of my friends are, like, I'm 30, most of my friends are, like, you know, between 28 and, like, 36, I guess. A little, Some are a little younger, some a little older. But a, a lot of my friends, if not, you know, the majority of them are single. Some have significant others. But oftentimes those relationships are a little murky or they're not, like, completely, um, uh, They have a little bit more freedom. But a lot of – but no, then there are some people that are doing the traditional relationship or are married. I do have a few friends that are married, and they're doing great. And um, I give them even more props for being married together and living here. Yeah. It's a really hard city. I mean I think if I was looking for a relationship, which I don't even know if I'm even looking for right now. I've been like an asshole when it comes to like dating guys the last few years. And I think – you know I haven't even been looking for a relationship for, for years now um or found anybody that I actually wanted a relationship with. Like I found people that I've liked or that I do like, but I'm not really a yeah. lot of actually like calling them my boyfriend makes me Church. grow up. Like I think I got some issues with that. <laughs> but um no I mean it's um New York is not the best place to date, but I think if I was seriously like intending on dating, it can definitely happen if I was actually focusing on it like I do with like careers. Because, like, I've been interviewing these people that met on the internet, and they have, like, really solid relationships. And, like, you know, if you're actually looking for a relationship, like, anything, you can find it. But definitely it's not, like, it's not that common. I think people get married more, like, in their late 30s here. Or, like, there's not many kids running around New York. Like, that's something that's missing, kind of. Like, you see them sometimes, but it's, like, you don't see that many... I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm not really paying attention.
0: You don't see a ton of children anymore.
2: Yeah.
0: Maybe not in Brooklyn.
2: And like, at least not like where I'm hanging out,
0: but I Yeah. yeah. Well, my buddy, my he's one of my best friends who I actually met on the internet as well through Xbox. He lives in the... Uh, yeah. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, and I actually, uh, I met him and I stayed with his family, like, a couple years ago, because so my other, my other good friend that I went to college with lives in Williamsburg, mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of the families probably in New York moved out to, like, Long Island just because they want, like, a more structured environment for their children.
2: Yeah, for sure. That are like, Astoria, Queens, but yeah, yeah, it's okay. like, and uh, even my neighborhood, um, it just it gets gentrified so quickly. Like, gentrification is crazy here. Um, I moved to Bushwick, like, not even a year ago, and there was all these abandoned buildings around my apartment. Yeah. They all got knocked down, and now they're all new condo buildings, like, yuppie condo buildings. So that was only, like, a matter of, like, seven months or less, I think, like, that all these buildings are getting constructed into new real estate. And this is, like, the new hotspot, apparently. So... We're all worried that we're going to get priced out, but that's kind of, you know, that's how it goes.
0: <laughs> yeah. How often do you have to move in New York?
2: Um, I guess it depends. Like, I lived in my last place in Bed-Stuy for about two and a half years, I think. Um.
0: That's a long time.
2: Yeah, and actually, one of, the, one of my roommates from the last place, he lives with me in the new place.
0: That's pretty cool. So. Enough enough conversations about New York. My apologies, Gina.
2: <laughs> no, it's cool.
0: <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'm this guy that lives in Columbus, Ohio, this cow town. Um, no, but, all right, so anyways, we were talking about, um, you're writing a book. You're talking about going to rehab. So, like, what incident actually, like, was it, like, court-mandated rehab? or? Uh, no,
2: was- it was voluntary. Like, I just, it's quite the opposite because, like, a lot of people that have, like, you know, issues with that. People are like, you know, you have a problem. You need to go to rehab, and like they're like denying it. But I never really denied it. Um, I think initially I did once once somebody mentioned something, but that was before I got really bad. But like, you know, once it kind of started spiraling, um, I was telling people like I need to do something, and most people, I think I just hit it really well. Like, most people like they knew, but they maybe we're in denial. They're just kind of like, no, you're fine. You're doing so well. So like, I was like, well, not doing very well at all. (laughs) Like I was going a little crazy. Um, but like, you know, it was, um, I don't want to give away too much, but it was like, just like a perfect storm of, of, um, situational stuff. And then also my lack of, you know, my inability to, not my inability, but my refusal to take care of myself mentally and like take the precautions to not let myself get that way. Like, you know, we're so fragile as people. Like you have to like do the work so that you don't actually get sick or, you know, get too fucked up. Yeah.
0: I agree. Did you like, were you using, were you still using all the acid too or just the cocaine? Uh-
2: you know, kind, I mean, yeah, I was, but like, not. I guess it's not really something you can like abuse every day. But I was doing. Well, I guess you can. Um, <laughs> you, yeah, you, I know people that have. Um, you, yeah, I was doing a lot of it. Um, me and that same ex too. Like, we we had a bunch of more experiences where, like, you know, I think like, we we shared like ten hits once together, and like. Went to a movie theater and um, what movie was it playing? What was that movie that was like about the aliens? It was like the Blue Guys.
0: The blue aliens? Was yeah. it? Who was
2: in it? It was like in 20 2009. It was like the, it was like the IMAX movie.
0: Um,
2: it was a real big deal. Oh, Avatar! What the hell wrong with me? Yeah, like, what was wrong with me? So I went <laughs> we went to see Avatar. We thought it would be cool to see.
0: Acid, and
2: then, like, we walked in and we just we got bored with it immediately. And like, we just wandered around the movie theater instead for like three hours, like as if it was a giant funhouse, just like walking <laughs> in and out of movie theater and like movies playing and going in and out of the bathroom and like I climbed inside the popcorn machine and like one of the floor like it was like um it was in Brooklyn so it was like it was like ten floors. Maybe that was the acid talking, but, like, one of the floors had, like, an empty concession stand, so we were, like, playing with that, and it was, yeah, it was, like, being in a fun house.
0: That's pretty crazy. I've never I've never used acid.
2: So. Don't, no, it's, like, and I definitely don't advocate drug use, like, it's not cool, really, but just, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I should write about the things that are...
0: You should write about your own life experiences.
2: Yeah, exactly, but I definitely don't think it's, like, a good thing, but... You know, people are going to do what they're going to do regardless, but I'm definitely like, you know, I don't think, you know, yes. I know a lot of people that got fucked up too Yeah. or died, well, not from acid, but people that got too fucked up from taking acid and people that died from other things. So definitely, you know, with everything you do, there's always consequences and sometimes some pretty major ones.
0: Yeah, Ted Kaczynski is a prime example of what too much acid can do to you.
2: Did he take a lot of acid?
0: So Ed Kaczynski was part of Timothy Leary and Richard Alpert slash Ram Dass's uh, graduate students that they did all these acid studies with.
2: Oh, really? With
0: the, yeah, from Harvard. Yeah, he was one of their students, and he went on to San Francisco or I think he was at Stanford or something like that. And he was um, he was like a really good math professor, and then all of a sudden he just started making bombs. So
2: why why is it that math plus acid equals bombs?
0: I don't know. I, it's,
2: I, mean, I, it's, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> I have no idea.
2: I have an equation for you. Math plus acid equals bombies. Yeah, right. like that, I was glued to the um, bombing thing. And I don't really get addicted usually to that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I was on a lot during uh, my incarceration of the hotel. <laughs> but I also saw a bunch of other stuff because I, uh, I naturally am a skeptic and there were like all these photos before they even had their suspects of these CIA-looking dudes wearing these humongous backpacks.
2: I saw that. Yeah, I don't really know what to think. Like, yeah, in this I, age of like, it's just like propaganda I, I love that.
0: being legal, like propaganda's legal now and everything like that. Is it? Yeah, I think it was in the last. It was in the last NDAA that uh, like propaganda was was like clumped in. Um, like, it's it's legal for them to print, like, to, to like, use propaganda. Really? Yeah. So it, just as, like, that bill being passed, I naturally question everything. Like, it used to go down the whole, like, big conspiracy theorists and everything, and then I read a lot of Alan Moore, and then I read, like, his comments about conspiracies and how there's really no there then, and it's just easier for people to, who know that things are fucked up, to to like make this enemy or this this like villain of they or them but he said really the world's just rudderless. So and I was world's just what? Rudderless.
2: Rudderless?
0: Yeah. Whatever that.
2: So what, what does that mean? Uh
0: rudderless. He's British, so I, I think it means that it's just uh well, I should be able to explain that, right? You're like, what does that mean, Drew? I'm like I don't know, Gina, but I sounded really good when I repeated that quote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Meet, let
0: me let me rudder it. I'm googling it now. I'm Googling it too. I'm gonna to send you this link too of uh of this video where they they like show the guys the two suspects walking out with their backpacks, lacking a rudder or lacking a clear sense of one's aims or principles. So uh, the world doesn't that. have any principles.
2: I really could have done without seeing the uh, the dead the dead guy's body. Like I, just, like, I saw that, like, on Facebook, like, in my main feed. And it's not like I liked, like, some, like, group. It's like, show be dead people. Like, that's, like, one of the problems with too much social media. It's like, I was actually at work, like, in front of my boss. Well, I should have been on Facebook, I guess. But going through my feed, and I was like, ugh, I don't want to see that.
0: They're probably happy. They're like, hey, they're not thinking about the new pope anymore. Let's, uh, this is good. I'm just teasing. I don't want to talk about your work. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, Popey bought oh god, that it was so rude of the pope to step down during Fashion Week because I was working on various fashion projects and then I had to go into work at 5 a.m. because of the pope. You need to think crazy. about my schedule more.
0: Yeah. So how did that work? So basically, like you're on because. You, well, do you want call pretty much if like some serious Catholic news goes down?
2: Um, I guess so. Yeah, like we're like, yeah. So if like um, there's something in the news, especially if it's like religious based, like they want they want us to to cover it like as if it's um. I mean, they want they had us go live, so we were like basically, well, yeah, we were live, but we were taking footage that was taped like in the middle of the night, our time, but in the but in Europe, it was the day. I guess I'm a little confused about time zone. But um, I think Italy is uh,
0: six or seven hours ahead. I think it's six. Okay. Could be seven. Anyways, we just know it's about that much time ahead.
2: Yeah. Pope Bergoglio. <laughs> he's
0: okay. the first. Uh, he's the first pope that's not born in Europe.
2: Yeah. what's next?
0: What's next? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think they should because the last book they got was a youth Nazi, so
2: it's a good idea. I know. Like, I mean, granted, like, everyone, I think, in his age where he grew up was, was, I think they were forced to be in that, but still, I'm like, can't you pick, like, a better, can't you pick somebody that was not a Nazi It's just, like, people might respect you guys more. I I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, did he get, um, well, let's go back to Boston Bombings. So, Boston Bombings, uh, I don't, yeah, I just, like, people were really into it. I think it's, people like the distraction. It's like, this is a great distraction. And then they, like, get glued to it because it, like, makes them not think. I think especially for where I was at, though, too, like, I wonder, like, people were balls deep into it and it was, it was just kind of, it was just kind of crazy. Like, I don't watch TV, I don't watch the news and I'm not trying to, sound like a hipster about it. I just haven't done it since.
2: Yeah. I, was, I understand.
0: Like I haven't done it for years because I know the way marketing works. And I know the way that I don't, I don't like the idea of like these commercial ideas being implanted in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so it was interesting
1: for me to see that happen just because like
0: that was the only TV we could watch during the day. It was pretty much the news. And, um, and yeah, so that was, uh, that was that was pretty much it. And, and I,
2: I was, like, listening to the fucking um, police scanner. Like, I, I tuned into a police scanner for Boston. That's how into it I was. But I think a lot of people were, were, were like, when they yeah. were um, getting the guy off the boat. It was like a movie, really, which is terrible. But, I mean, yeah, it was an unreal story. And, it was, like, the story doesn't even make sense to me. It's crazy. I'm curious how that's going to unfold.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, it doesn't... Just a lot of shit doesn't add up, and if, if you question the... If you don't think it adds up, I always get, like, accused of being a, a conspiracy theorist or something like that. It's like, well, no. I think
2: conspiracy theories... Uh, being Conspiracy theories are, like... It's like feminism. Like, it gets a bad name because of people that take it too far, I think.
0: Yeah, I think feminism would, like... Would probably get more respect, too, if it was called equalism.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely a feminist, but, like, I definitely... Not hate men. No, no, not at all. Most of my best friends are guys. and um, I just think, you know, I think sometimes people that call themselves feminists, some of them, they fight for the wrong things. Meanwhile, there's like this blatant sexism or unequal things going on that it's like, why are you not concentrating on that? Like, I don't know. Like,
0: I agree. I agree with you. It's why...
1: We have so many distractions in our just our political system. Like we focus on trivial issues like gun control and abortion and uh,
0: immigration, when in reality, like our country's going bankrupt. We've been in war for over over ten years. And Speaking
2: of that, what about North Korea? I love their propaganda videos there.
0: <laughs> you know, like did you watch Did you watch Vice, the North Korea Vice documentary?
2: I didn't, but I would love to.
0: Yeah, it's on YouTube. Was, I'll send you a link to that too, Gina. Why not? So, well, they did like two. So they did one where Shane Shane Smith goes to Siberia, and they have all these North Korean labor camps. And then, which is crazy because they have like the North Korea propaganda and everything else like that, and they're they're basically doing like all this lumber labor in Siberia. And then they are, then like Russia, like do you remember when Kim Jong-il left North Korea
3: mm-hmm.
0: right before he died? It was, I guess it was to work out that labor deal. And, um, cause he was in the country when Shane Smith was. And then, uh, but the, like when Shane Smith actually went to North Korea though, and he went on the North Korean tour, you see how like nobody has food or anything like that. And I just feel like it's, Everything just seems like smoke and mirrors with North Korea. Like I think like the, the scariest border like the scariest countries right now are Pakistan and India. So they just wanna nuke the hell out of each other over like stupid fucking religion. And it's it's just, it's just so annoying. Like there's no they're like the same exact race and they used to be one big country and now it's I just don't it just kills me that people hate each other over some magic magic beliefs.
2: No, it's really ridiculous, like, you know, it's ridiculous, because people, like, fight over something that's, like, so trivial, but, like, if they were to get a beer together, like, in theory, they'd probably get along. I think anybody could get along, as long as you're not. Well, you know.
1: They should, uh, they should really just take a bunch of MDMA and eat some mushrooms.
2: I heard, you know, they're gonna be flying a plane over North Korea and Pakistan and India, and just kind of, like shower down mdma (laughs) it might kill a bunch of people it'll probably kill a bunch of people
0: that'd be awesome if they didn't
2: figure out that would uh ease the tension because they'd be dead
0: yeah that would um that'd be cool i don't think it's like a stable enough substance though to really uh absorb that whole drop maybe get some good molly Maybe they'll, they'll have, like, a thing like MK Ultra where they were secretly giving uh, that French town acid. That was kind of interesting. So, hey,
2: what?
0: MK Ultra. So that was, like, the same people that funded, like, Timothy Leary and Ram Dass.
2: Okay. But, uh, didn't that have something to do with Illuminati?
0: No, they were just, like, a shadow government thing. Oh, uh, was. Okay. I think the heavy conspiracy th- people, like, say that it did. But this is, like, actually kind of, like, factual stuff.
2: Oh, okay. So they
0: did like these tests on. Um, they did a lot of different stuff. They did like remote viewing, like the men who stare at goats. That was a division of MK Ultra. Like they did a lot of stuff with the occult. And but one of the things was when they were trying to develop a truth serum, they were using LSD, and they like they, they like in this brothel in France, they gave all these people uh, LSD without them knowing it. Oh God. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Look at me. I'm glad I can give you this the crazy uh, history lesson, Gina. This has been fun.
2: <laughs> LSD 101.
0: LSD 101. You can talk about your experiences, and I can talk about what our government did with it.
2: I uh, never like. were not they? Was it like during World War II or something? Like they were trying to? Because there's some YouTube video of like people in the army or whatever like using it, but they were they thought it might make them like better fighters. And then I think they learned pretty quickly that PCP is probably better. <laughs> Which is- Possibly. I know
0: they give uh, they give the Air Force people speed, like they give Air Force pilots speed.
2: I could see why, yeah.
0: Spoon feed them speed. It's uh it's it's pretty crazy. Like this just the shit our government does. Like it's I don't know, like I just I don't understand how people it's just really weird. Even like you see in the conspiracy world, like they'll question one thing, but no, this is sacred. There's no way this could be corrupted too. And, and the problem is too, is like everybody who first, like there's this one guy, Jordan Maxwell, like he's like, he breaks down like all the phallic symbols of, of like Roman Catholic church. And he just breaks down a lot of different stuff. And then I'll start talking about this time and he's abducted by aliens. And it's like, yeah, it's just, like, it's so random. Like, people say, like, all this stuff that makes a ton of sense, and then they go there, and I'm just like... And
2: you're like, oh, okay, great, thanks. Yeah, you just... You know what's funny? My my roommate put on... Um, it was a documentary on The Shining. Yeah. Um When not a documentary. It was, like, people explaining the meaning of The Shining. But what they, what they should have called it was a bunch of conspiracy theorists explaining their theory on The Shining. So one of them thought it was about... One of them thought that the father raped the son, I think, something like that. And another one said that the movie was about how not only that it was about that the moon landing was fake, but that Stanley Kubrick (laughs) directed the moon landing (laughs) for the U.S. government. And I was like, okay, some of your theories were interesting, like about how that hallway was supposed to represent death or what the fuck ever. But once you talked about – once you start talking about Stanley Kubrick – you know, feeling guilty and feeling bad because he wasn't giving enough time to his wife because he was spending too much time filming the moon landing. It's like, you kind of lost me there.
0: Was that on the history channel? Cause that sounds like something that the history channel would air.
2: I think it was. We, it's like on Netflix. No way. I have yeah. to check it out on Netflix. Look it, look it up. It was really disappointing.
0: Did you um, ever see Dan Aykroyd unplugged on UFOs on Netflix? No. Oh, man, that's amazing. Because Dan Aykroyd, like, I kind of have a ton of respect for him as, like, a writer, and I'd like to say that he's pretty intelligent. And he has all these crazy ideas about aliens. He's demon. No, like he, like, he starts talking about, like, how there's different kinds of aliens, and some are friendly, and some just want to do lab tests on us. And and it's, and he's literally just talking to this guy about aliens, and then he talks about how Harold Ramis doesn't believe in aliens, and he thinks it's crazy that Dan Aykroyd believes in aliens. <laughs> and, like, he's, like, really honest about it. And then um, I actually did a podcast with this dude about the Mothman prophecies and all the weird shit that went on in uh, Point Pleasant before. Like, because there's, uh, there's this good documentary about that, too. And it's because, like, there was all these weird events that took place there. And there were, like, these credible people in their community. And they all were just saying wacky shit. So I put out this crazy theory without any evidence, but just like putting two to two together with like the time frames. Mm-hmm. That I think it was like some shit with MK Ultra. Because right after like did you see the Mothman Prophecies?
2: Um, no.
0: Okay, so it was a it was an okay movie with Richard Gere. But anyways, in real life, this bridge that took you from West Virginia to Ohio um just was destroyed. Like, it just collapsed, like, randomly, and, like, 27 people were killed. And then, like, all the incidents of, like, these men in black and UFO sightings and Mothman sightings and all this crazy shit that was going on just abruptly ended. Oh, really? Yeah, it was just really fishy. So I put out my own crazy theory. So if you're listening to this and you want to put me in a documentary and I can pretend like I'm an expert, I'll totally do it.
2: (laughs) Mothman Prophecies shout-out. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'll, I'll just make up crazy shit. And I'll be like, uh, yeah, that was actually – Tom Hanks actually did this in, uh, because of that. And everything. Maybe
2: The Bridge was actually Dan Aykroyd's heart. <laughs> this
0: is heartbreaking. Like,
2: that's what, I want to see more movies like that where it's like, it's, like, horrible. Like, it's like, that's why The Bridge broke. It's because my heart broke too when you uh, – <laughs>
0: Like, it sounds more like an X-Files episode.
2: Yeah, I guess. I, I don't want them to take it seriously. Oh, that's a good idea then, yeah.
0: <laughs> did you get your story? Did you... I don't know. I can edit this out, but... Did you sell your story about high school?
2: Um. Yeah, I optioned the the high school story to a producer. But yeah, we can talk about it. It's fine. There's not really much going on right now. He's just talking to a few screenwriters. Um. So you know, I'll let you know, like, you know, if there, when there's any progress, yeah. but I are think you, it's going to be a slow process, what?
0: Are you excited to see, like, how they, how they, like, change you, like, are like, excited. like, poor Gino is picked on the whole time, and oh god! So-
2: yeah, I'm not, I'm trying not to even think about it too much, like, I'm concentrating on other projects, just because, like, you yeah. know, I've talked to a lot of people who, like, options, um, stories that were never made, and I guess it happens a lot, but, like, you know, it might not ever get made, but it might. Like, they think, they they seem confident that it will. Um, But, yeah, if it does, like, yeah. I can't imagine it's going to be so surreal.
0: And they're going to add in, like, you were sexually assaulted by your, your vice principal or one of your teachers or something Even
2: like that. Even better yet, I want to be having a steamy affair with the vice principal and my gym teacher and the head of the hockey team, which is all true, of course. It's
0: great. Here's a fun fact. A high school or te- a uh, middle school, I found this out this weekend in drunk camp because one of the girls that was in there was from, like, the same high school as me, but she was just, she was, like, six years younger. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, one of uh, the gym teachers in my middle school actually got arrested for child pornography. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
2: Not surprised.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think that's weird. Anyways, you were saying something interesting. Before.
2: Was he... <laughs> oh,
0: sorry, what? I said, anyways, you were saying something interesting before I interrupted you. No. Oh, no.
3: Uh,
0: I don't know. He um, he wasn't raping kids. Because then, like, I guess that happened, like, a couple years ago. And then this girl who was also in there, she works at Target, Um <laughs> It's, like, an overnight side person. And she said this dude that, like, she didn't even they didn't even know. Like, they couldn't even tell. Like, he seemed like just this normal overweight guy. And apparently... Yes he videotaped himself, like, raping a five-year-old. Oh,
2: my God.
0: He went to jail, and and it's, I don't know, it's a crazy thing. Like, that's just, I don't know.
2: Yeah, how could you do that? It's like, I think there was a story recently where somebody, like, raped, like, uh, his girlfriend's, like, six-month-old baby, and the baby died, and, like, then he just put the body down next to his girlfriend, and, like, he later blamed his girlfriend for not putting out for his reason for raping her child.
0: That is the most fucked up shit I've ever heard.
2: Yeah, I know. It's really bad. <laughs> Actually my one of my crushes from high school who I talked to a lot, I was accused of wanting to kill him. He he called me up to tell me that story, so that's
0: You accused wanting to kill
2: him? Oh back on uh, the high school shit.
0: <laughs> uh, he was in
2: the uh in the Yeah, that whole stuff. it's uh, oh, not after uh, in my in my third accusations, of wanted to kill somebody back in 2005. <laughs> no, that never happened again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, I tell you what, Gina I like talking to you. We'll have to do this more frequently so it's it's a more even flow. But we're at right about like an hour.
2: Yeah. No, this has been fun. This is really fun. Just, this is a tip-top way to end a Sunday night.
0: Yeah, we just get on and bullshit on a podcast. No, this has been, yeah. this has been,
2: we went by fast. This has been fun.
0: Yeah, 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 I can't wait to hang out with you someday. As soon as I get money, I promise to come visit you and all my other friends in New York City. And it yeah,
2: it's fun. fun.
0: So I gotta start a, so what's cool is I got a new job, and so right now, I work at this uh, electronics store where everybody wears a blue shirt and I make dirt. And then um, I got a call from another company that's going to be working in that store, and they're going to pay me, like, like significantly more money and give me a set Oh, really? Well, yeah, so I'm just going to be working, like
3: hey,
0: – congrats. Yeah, it's been uh, – well, I mean, it's, it's cool. I can go to school with it. It's not like I'm – it's a good thing to pay my bills with, like, so then I can still be – Attempt make my attempts at being creative. So yeah,
2: well, as long as you have money to like live, you could always do creative stuff on the side.
0: Yeah, I think that's the way to be. Like you yeah. have to have like some creative control. Wait, anyways, let's play the game where we plug the shit out of Genatron. Tron. Oh. Go. What? Um, GinaTronic.com.
2: <laughs>
0: we'll check out <laughs> Gina's awesome art that she does rough drafts of on napkins, and, well, let's keep going. Let's do it.
2: My cartooning, uh, my slut clock cartoons, my, uh, at, you can follow me at underscore Gina Tron on Twitter.
0: You can Gina Tron um, on Facebook. She has her own fan page on Facebook.
2: Yeah, please like that because that would help me look more uh, official so I could get my book published.
0: That's pretty awesome. And then you can do awesome podcasts like this one, which also maybe makes you look more official. But actually,
2: yeah.
0: I could probably get you on a few podcasts. I'll, uh, I'll pull some strings, Gina, and I'll get some other people to talk to that like reading your article. Under-
2: Thank you. Absolutely. Appreciate. Pull some electronic strings.
0: I'll uh, pull some, some Cyber World strings, and uh and we'll see what happens. So, uh, but yeah, so there's just www.ginatronic.com dot com. Follow on Twitter at, at underscore Gina Tron. Like her on Facebook, and I think that's just uh, what's the website for your Facebook? If I just search Gina Tron, they should be able Gina to. Click Tron, it. yeah. And then if you want to send her a message, it's a dollar. Oh, apparently, $1. no. I think
2: that's only like they're not in my loop, which is weird. It's Facebook's weird. It's like what? We don't get that money. That's weird. Yeah, <laughs> It's super weird. But I think that's for everyone.
0: That's for, uh, what is that for? Is that for just if anybody, I don't know.
2: Yeah, if, I think if IQ, you want to mess with somebody that's not in your circle, like that's not like good friends with, like that, that doesn't have any mutual friends, I think it costs a dollar now.
0: That's pretty much bullshit. Fuck yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Um, so like that, um, yeah, is that covering everything? Oh, check out our articles in Lady Gun Magazine. Uh, that's where you can find the awesome article about her... You've done a lot of cool articles, but I like I like the ones where it involves either you being a high school shooter or doing massive amounts of acid. So, I think those are my favorites because they're the most. <laughs> <And>
2: Fair enough. <laughs>
0: and you also do some pretty bitchin' interviews, though, too. Like, you're very... Aww. I like your, your, your stuff where you interview people. I've been able to keep up recently. So, what was your last article?
2: Thanks. Um... See, I think the last thing that was up was uh oh I wrote about my first boyfriend um from first grade. Did you read that one?
0: No, I'm afraid I'll get horribly jealous of a first grader.
2: If I Oh yeah, yeah. Just seven year olds. (laughs) Woo! Yeah, I'll uh, I'll send you the link. I think you'll like it.
0: Yeah, I'll definitely read that one and I'll tweet out the link. Um So Lady Gun Magazine. So go to Lady Gun Mag actually if you do Lady Gun Magazine, Gina Charny, you can probably find all of her articles. That she's yeah, really for sure. And then uh, check her out. She did an article that was published in Vice, which is how I originally found... Which is how this friendship began. This beautiful, beautiful friendship.
2: It spawned from the beauty of school shootings.
0: It did. It really did.
2: Yeah, it
3: really did.
0: <laughs> if, there was, if, there was no, if there was no Columbine, we wouldn't be friends. How fucked up oh is God.
3: that? <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> it's
2: kind
0: of weird, though. Like, if you really... But
2: it's, when you think about it, yeah, I guess
0: that's pretty accurate statement. Yeah, Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Um, Anyways, thank you guys for tuning in. Go ahead and join www.inspireddisordercollective.com Follow at Ray Taylor on Twitter and follow at IDC underscore updates. So you can check out all the great podcasts and Inspired Disorder Collective. Thank you guys so much.